Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a pastor or a lay leader in your local church, today's topic will be extremely helpful for you. We're talking about mission-focused leadership and our guest, Dr. Don Jernigan. Don, it's great to have you with us on Ministry in Motion. My honor, thank and, you. And uh, you come with a broad experience of leadership, currently CEO and president of Adventist Health System. Now, some people know that's a large organization, but maybe don't realize quite how large it is. Could you just describe it for us briefly? Well, you can describe it a number of ways. Uh, we. Uh, depending on how you measure it, we're definitely in the top 10 of all health systems in the country. Uh, we are the largest uh, Protestant healthcare system in the United States. And uh, we uh, have uh, 46 hospitals and, and we go as far west as Colorado and we go up through the Great Lakes and uh, Kansas City down to Texas. And of course, we're, we're very large in uh, the Southeast and in Florida. And that's, uh, if I remember correctly, about 78,000 employees, like yes. a small city. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and we're talking about uh, mission-focused leadership. So let me start with why is it important for a leader to have a clear sense of mission? Your, your mission statement, um, or, or how you express it, is, is a statement of your purpose. It's the, it's the reason you exist. It's the it's what you're trying to accomplish in the in the world uh, as an organization and as a ministry, and it's uh, I, I've actually likened it to a it's a GPS. It mm -hmm. uh, you know where you stand, you know um, what your place is in the world, and what you're supposed to be doing, and um, it, it's a north star, if you will. Uh, it, it's just critical. Without it, you. Um, you just don't have a stable place to stand. So uh, I assume a leader could come into an organization that already has a very clear sense of mission, but how, how does an organization go about uh, determining and articulating its mission? I have found in the past that there were a number of organizations had mission statements that uh, were you know long and maybe four or five sentences or a paragraph. and and it, it maybe existed in a book somewhere or maybe on a wall somewhere, but you didn't have a hope of, of stopping an employee and saying, do you know what our mission is? So from my perspective, it's important to have a, a, a short statement that is packed with meaning, but is such that any of your employees on a moment's notice if you ask them, can tell you what that mission statement is. In our case, it's to extend the healing ministry of Christ. And I would be so bold as to say that uh, I would be shocked if you encountered one of our employees and asked them that they couldn't immediately repeat it to you. So you'd be looking for close to 78,000 employees being able to clearly give you that. That obviously involves some education, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. How do you, how do you get buy-in to that mission? They, they might say, well, I'll tell you what it is, but I don't believe it. How, right. how do they actually right. Right. engage in that, share that mission? Well, the, it's very true that there, there will be some people who do not buy into that mission statement. But if, if, you are, if you're clear enough about it, 
and you and you talk about it and you focus on it, you you talk about it constantly in context of decisions you make and programs that you launch. If someone doesn't buy into it, they're they're inclined to want to move on. <laughs> like I don't fit here. I don't fit here. Mm -hmm. This is not for me. This is not what I want to do. Uh, I actually do orientation for all of our new employees, and I tell them that I believe the purpose is so important that if you can't find that deep sense of purpose here, I urge you to leave us and keep looking for it until you find it. And, but you also find that there are countless numbers of, of Christians and sometimes of, of people of other faiths who somehow emotionally resonate with being a part of the healing ministry of Christ. It's, it's really an amazing thing that happens. So you may, um, you may have Hindus, yes. Muslims, yes. Um, nuns, as they call them, who yes. may have no religious affiliation, but as they look at the healing ministry of Christ, the thought of extending that connects with them. Yes. So if, you know, if you're doing town hall meetings or you're doing, um, um, you know, departmental wor worship or you're starting a, a meeting with prayer and, and you talk about it over time, it seems as if people look at, at some of that, that that connects to their heart. It, it really does. Uh, a Muslim is, is a theist. Mm -hmm. And while they don't believe as we do about, about Jesus, they look at his healing ministry and the values behind it and the love behind it. And they say, yeah, I want to be a part of that. Mm. It's, just, it's just amazing. You hear about uh, organizations that kind of lose their focus. And, uh, you know, we might think of educational institutions early in the history of the United States that were like champions of Christianity <laughs> that now actively promote new atheism. Um, how, how does that happen that, that an organization just experiences what I think some have called mission drift? They just kind of drift away from, from their reason for existence. That happens almost always because of a leadership issue. Mm. Now, sometimes it's intentional. Harvard and Yale were founded by Congregationalist churches to train preachers and others. At one point, they made a conscious decision to broaden and move away from that. But, but in most cases, it's not that uh, explicit. It's just a matter that you may get a leader who for whatever tragic reason, doesn't, doesn't have the same emotional uh, connection to the mission that it, that it weakens in their own mind and heart. And, and then what happens is the, the conversation changes, the language changes, the, the intentionality about uh, the, 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 the things that inculcate mission change, like starting meetings with prayer and having worship and, um, and constantly talking about the, your values. And when those things drift, it only takes a generation to lose it. After the break, I want to talk about how we can avoid that drift. This is an important topic. And, and while you may have mainly volunteers in your organization, we want to help them to get a clear sense of mission so we can maximize impact for the kingdom of heaven. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion after the break.
Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, mission-focused leadership. Our guest, Dr. Don Jernigan. Don, you've inspired us just sharing a little about Adventist Health System. It's a huge organization, uh, 78,000 employees, and yet you have confidence that 99.9, hopefully 100% of the employees could articulate what the mission of, of the organization mm -hmm. is, which in one phrase is? Extending the healing ministry of Christ. Extending the healing ministry of Christ. That's short. Mm -hmm. That's part of the key. Yes, absolutely. Clear and concise. Yes, because mission doesn't mean anything unless it's in the heart of a person. Mm. Because you, you do mission through people. And it, uh, it makes no difference how beautiful it is, if it's long and beautiful, unless it connects with the heart of a person. Mm. And you only do that with a short, powerful statement. So we talked about the fact that some organizations kind of lose their moorings. They experience this mission drift. And you kept coming back to, to saying the leader is important, keeping that mission focus. Mm -hmm. One of the things I've noticed about Adventist Health System, and I think it could be applied to a local church setting too, is you're very intentional about developing leaders. And mm -hmm. I suppose we could add leaders with a clear sense of mission. Yes. How does that work within such a large organization where it would be easy for a person to think, I'm just a number, I'm, I'm lost in the shuffle? I would say that um, when we promote someone or, or need to replace a leader that more than 90% of the time, it's a promotion from within. So as we've grown, we've had to be very in intentional about developing the leaders, the pipeline of leaders that would be ready to step in and that would be inculcated with mission from the very beginning. So we've established large internships and residency programs, bringing in the the best of our young people from, from our, our institutions and putting them in those programs and uh, giving them all the skills that we can think of to develop, including uh, how you need to function as a leader in our system. We say that the CEO of our hospital is the chief spiritual officer of the hospital. Mm. Now the chaplain may very well be the chief minister but they, the person who controls the most resources has to be the spiritual leader. So one thing you're doing then, and, and I notice this happens even, I, I meet young employees uh, who are still in their 20s and, and they, they feel like they're on a track. Yes. There's, there's a very intentional plan for them. Um, one way that you can help avoid mission drift is growing leaders yes. with that clear sense of mission. Um, are there some other strategies that can avoid that kind of dislocation from mission? I believe that the, one of the things that protects us and is very important is that our direct connection to the church. We are, we are sponsored literally in ownership by four church unions. Our, our, our corporate board is made up 100% of, uh, of, of Adventist and Adventist leaders. And so if for whatever reason, for whatever reason, if there starts to be a drift, they can and they should immediately call you back to, to what you should be doing. But we also, we have a, a process called mission integration peer review, 
where organizations are required to prepare for a visit from a team of peers and talk about how they're integrating mission. We have annual mission conferences. Uh, we incorporate a, a special emphasis on worship in our, in our leadership meetings. It, it just has to be constantly focused on mm. all the time. I had the privilege when I lived in Orlando of participating in one of those. I was really impressed that you had uh, these uh, employees who were also called spiritual ambassadors. Yes. And uh, there just seemed to be a, 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 a total involvement in, in that mission of extending the healing ministry of Christ. That's been one of the most amazing programs we have. And it's now in every facility we have of the 78,000 employees, I'm guessing that around probably at least 10,000 are designated spiritual ambassadors. And this is a designation that they seek with an understanding that they are going to help the other employees um, in any way they need help. But undergirding it all is that they are ambassadors for the mission and ambassadors for the spiritual health of the employees who after all are again the ones that that do the work of ministry. And those, that's not a paid position, I'm assuming. No, it's not. They have, a, they have a regular position in the organization. It's a, it's a voluntary effort on their part. But they're wanting to be a part of They, they want to be a part that's of That's interesting. Extending the healing ministry of Christ, not only to the clients that come into the facilities, but actually to the other employees. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Avoiding mission drift. Well, we, we've talked a little bit about um, Adventist Health System. Um, we've got uh, 46 hospitals. Something interesting, and we'll talk a little more after the break about this, but there are actually communities that come to you and say, I don't know if the word give is right, but we'd like to ask you to take over our facility. What is it that they see in Adventist Health System that might lead a community to say, would you please come and um, help lead our system, lead our hospital? I think in almost all the cases that you're, you're referencing and that you're talking about, the reason that they've done it is that they have been able to observe, if you will, our product. And, and they've had members of their community that have been patients in our hospitals. And that's what they want. And, uh, there may be other strategic business reasons that they're needing to join a system, but they've got choices. They could go to a lot of different organizations. Uh, right, and so what they tell us over and over, they, they choose us because they say, I want that kind of care. So they, they get the mission too. Yes, absolutely. Extending the healing ministry of Christ. Absolutely. Uh, after the break, we're going to talk about what happens when a community comes to Adventist Health System and says, uh, we'd like you to provide mission-focused leadership for our hospital? Um, how do people respond to that? And I want you to be thinking as a leader in the local church, what are the implications for us having such a clear mission statement that people in the community say, we, we like what you're doing. We like the product. Uh, we, we want you to help us to also find our way. We'll be talking more about mission-focused leadership right after the break.
Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, mission-focused leadership. Our guest, Dr. Don Jernigan. Don, it's been a delight to talk to you from a perspective of a, of a president and CEO of a, a huge health system, 78,000 employees. We're already starting to think about applications of mission-focused leadership to the local church because I'm guessing that many people in a local church could not state their mission in one succinct phrase like extending the healing ministry of Christ. So we've already got some application needs. But let's first talk about a community that might contact Adventist Health System and say, we really like what you're doing. Uh, we see uh, a product that, that is valuable. We'd like to invite you to come in and uh, I don't know what the word is, absorb our facility. Mm -hmm. um, talk to me about that process. That may have involved some pretty significant changes. Yes, it, it does. It always does. Uh, that, that has happened to us a lot. And when, when an organization expresses an interest in being a part of our system, uh, we frequently will tell them, look, here's an organization that decided to join Adventist Health System. It basically gave itself to us, meaning that it says take our assets and our liabilities and, and, and assume ownership. And we will put them together with other organizations that have done that very same thing. And we'll say, we're not going to be around. Here are people you can go talk to that joined us, find out what they why they did it, what they think about it. And uh, because it's a wonderful thing, but you want to be sure that someone really wants to be um, an Adventist hospital in every sense of the word. And uh, So you're letting them talk to, can I say, someone outside of your team? Yes, yes. Will absolutely. give a, a, perhaps a more objective uh, absolutely. perspective? Absolutely. And sometimes they may decide, we'll not, we're not going to do this. That does happen sometimes. Uh, but, but if they okay. do, how do you then, this, this wonderful clarity, extending the healing ministry of Christ, that doesn't happen overnight. It, does it take thousands of messages to well, change your culture? When, yes, it does. It, it, it really does in many ways. Uh, when, when we're going through the negotiation, we, also, we always write out very clearly what, what, what the expectations are and what it's going to be like. But the key thing, when an organization decides they want to join you, you obviously can't go in and just replace everybody because that right. would create nothing but ill will. Mm -hmm. But we make it clear that, that there are going to be a, a several positions that are going to be filled by Adventists from the beginning. The, the, the CEO is one. We always insist on bringing a, a, a leadership into chaplaincy of, of our own. And then frequently the chief financial officer will initially be an Adventist. Over time, naturally, as there are changes and attrition, we will then fill out the, the C-suite and other positions with more Adventist leaders. But those first people you send are crucial. They have to be people that are ambassadors for Adventism to the employees, to the medical staff, and to the broader community. And they have to be people that can not only be authentic about their faith, but they must do it in a winsome way. But you, you can't have people that make enemies, you know, by, by what they do. So who you send initially is critical. And then immediately you start doing the things that we typically do in our hospitals. 
by having all meetings start with prayer, by um, ha having worship at, at significant meetings, by talking about mission and orientation, um, by um, you know just constant education about uh, what we're trying to achieve and what we're trying to do. Talk about creation health, and and if you will, the reason Adventists got into healthcare to begin with. Now, all of that's a part of that uh, process. And I'm guessing you get varied reactions to that. Probably some who say, this is what I've always longed for. Maybe a committed Lutheran uh, nurse who says, I've always longed for, for freedom to be able to care yes. holistically for my yes. patients. Yes, you get, you, what, I, what we have found over and over, at least where we are, uh, is that the, the people in, that are working there and have been working there who have a very strong uh, Christian faith or uh, are people of faith, they embrace it very quickly and they're, they're thankful for it up to the point of saying, oh, you mean I can now really pray with a patient? And we will say, we encourage that. Uh, and then you'll have some that will say, no, this isn't what I signed up for. I, I, I'm not comfortable with this. And you actually respect people who say that and want, and want to move on because we want engaged people who want to fulfill mission. And so you might even help them with that transition in a supportive way. Absolutely. Buying into a clear mission of extending the healing ministry of Christ. Well, I've been blessed. We're already thinking, how does this apply to the local church? Some people might say this church with all of this sense of uh, clarity of mission, Christ-centered, word-centered, maybe someone else will look for another church. But to do that in a way that is still winsome, as you're saying, if you'd like to continue to learn more powerful insights about uh, mission-focused leadership, Don Jernigan has authored a book, The Hidden Power of Relentless Stewardship. I like the title, Five Keys to Developing a World-Class Organization. You can go to our website at ministryinmotion.tv and find out information about how you could get a copy of this book. Again, Relentless Stewardship, The Hidden Power of Relentless Stewardship, Five Keys to Developing a World-Class Organization ministryinmotion.tv, you can find out information about that book. I feel like we could have another conversation, Don. Thank uh, you. The, the lessons you've learned from leadership in a health system could revolutionize the effectiveness of a local church. Yes, I believe it, I believe it does apply in, in, in more than one setting. And certainly we want to commit to, to pray for what God is doing through Adventist Health System. Thank you. 78,000 employees. And uh, I have no doubt that uh, Jesus himself looks down uh, with joy in his heart to see his ministry being extended in the earth. Thank you. Thanks thank for you. joining us. And thank you for being with us for Ministry in Motion today. What, what a challenge to, to stay laser focused. Maybe you need to start by thinking about how you say that mission in a short phrase. And then embed that in your organization. Let it affect every decision you make. God wants you to be a great Christian leader. So I challenge you to take the principles you've learned and go out and make a difference for the kingdom of heaven.